This podcast contains discussions about mental health and may contain discussions about suicide and self-harm. If you or somebody that you know is experiencing distress or is in immediate danger, dial triple O or call Lifeline on 131114 or Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Also, if you believe that someone you love is experiencing a mental health issue, please encourage them to go and talk to their GP as soon as possible. Thanks very much for listening. Hello folks and welcome to episode 14 of the How You Go Mate podcast. Adam's my name. Uh, the host and creator of said podcast. Uh, and this week's episode is a pretty exciting one for us because this week's episode is uh, focuses on our first international guest. Uh, you may have, if you've uh, listened to this preamble in the past or, or seen any of our, uh, some of our Facebook posts, uh, you may know that we have uh, listeners who listen regularly in Louisville, Kentucky, and I'm extraordinarily thankful that we get people from all over the world um, listening to our podcast, hearing our podcast, relating to our podcast, and really supporting our podcast. Um, so uh, recently, uh, Travis and Laura visited our fine country, and they are our Louisville, Kentucky connection. They um, have been, as I said, incredibly supportive and uh, have uh, helped to promote our podcast uh, over there in their little part of the world. And uh, I had the opportunity to sit down with these guys, and they were really incredible. Um, both have got very, very interesting stories. Uh, this first episode that we're doing, we've, we've got uh, Laura this week, and we've got Travis next week. This first episode is uh, Laura's episode. And um, I got a, had this... <laughs> it's always really interesting to, to meet someone. I literally met Laura in the first, for the first time that morning um, and had her come in and do a recording with me. And I guess it's probably kind of... Um, probably kind of daunting, maybe, uh, yeah, I'm just going to use the word daunting, I'm not going to try and put words in Laura's mouth, but maybe kind of daunting to sit there and really talk um, about a fairly um, sort of heavy topic like mental health and, and your well-being to a complete stranger, effectively, I mean, she's listened to a lot of podcasts, so perhaps knows me well enough through um, hearing some of my thoughts on those, but it was really interesting to sit and talk to Laura, and um very different stories um, from Travis and Laura. Laura's, um, I guess, uh, by her own admission, someone that is, uh, has uh, managed her well-being and, and uh, managed her mental health for a, a long time. And um, very interesting to hear. I always like to hear different perspectives. And, and this episode, really incredible to hear a female perspective on mental health. Um, the misconception sometimes is that How You Going, Mate? initiative is a, um, a male mental health initiative and it couldn't be further from the truth we are really interested in representing a whole range of diverse groups and I think uh, the mental health uh, experience um, and having experience with a mental health issue is universal and I think um, we're, we're trying to I guess uh, capture and represent as many um, groups as possible so very interesting and also really interesting in this podcast to hear uh, I guess the um, the American perspective um, I think the particular part of America, Kentucky, that they come from um, is a very, um, what's, well, I guess, sort of working class not, uh, and and perhaps even, um, you know, sort of 
you know, rough and tough and, and we don't kind of talk about our mental health kind of place. And I think that's very uh, true for, you know, parts of Australia as well. But very interesting to hear about some of their perspectives on mental health and particularly their medical system uh, in this podcast. Um, so I've really enjoyed doing this podcast with Laura. I really enjoyed meeting her. I really enjoyed listening to it. Laura, I know you're going to listen to this preamble. Um, this is a fantastic podcast. It's a really great insight uh, into um, into the the mental health and and women and uh, really fantastic insight into and a slightly different perspective on on mental health, but something that I think is still uh, a perspective that we all share. Um, in, and on that, uh, the response to Bones' podcast has been incredible. And speaking of sharing perspectives, we had incredible listens, um, over 400 listens to his podcast. And just, it's incredible how worldwide we are. We have our regular listeners in the US, the UK. We're getting fairly regularly listened to in Germany. We got a lot of extra listens in New Zealand. Uh, but we had places like Norway and Nepal and uh, Thailand and Singapore, people listening there for the first time. And just incredible to hear um, or to see those, those you know, the Czech Republic, to see those places pop up, um, to see someone listening in Prague. And just incredible to see those places pop up on, on our little list of uh, places we've been listened to. It's a big thrill. We love it, and um, we're really uh, proud of the fact that we're uh, sending out a message that is universal um, and that people are relating to. So thank you for your support. We would love your feedback. We would love for you to review. We would love for you to pop a little comment on the post when you see it. If you do listen to it and you love what you hear, please let us know. Uh, we do. It really does encourage us to do this. Uh, don't forget you can listen... Um, you can jump onto the Facebook pages, I should say, and support us on there. You can jump onto the Instagram page. We'd love it if you share, let people know about our page if you see something you like. And uh, most importantly, folks, this week, we just love for you to go out and um, ask someone, how are you going, mate? So without further ado, let's ask the simple question. Let's ask Laura the question. Ah, oh, this is exciting. Laura, how are you going, mate? I am a bit anxious. <laughs> You know, now, for the keen observer, you'll hear that there's a slight accent in Laura, and this is, I'm very excited about this because I keep talking to you guys about Louisville, Kentucky. That's us. We've got Louisville, Kentucky sitting here overlooking the beautiful Sydney Harbour. We've got the gorgeous Walsh Bay behind us. This is my best podcast location so far. Yeah. Ah, for sure. Nice. <laughs> Thank I'm you for coming. I'm glad we can hook you up with it. You're anxious. Why do you, why do you, what, she's anxious about being on the show. Uh, I have generalized anxiety. <laughs> no, I live a lot of my life anxious, actually, so, but um, I get really nervous. Just put uh, you in this position now where it's stressful because somebody's going, tell me, talk to me. Yeah, but I find once I start talking about it, it's a lot easier yeah. than I ever thought it would be. Yeah. And it's really nice just having people being willing to listen. And and we said off air as well, um, the beauty of this, so how are you going, mate? And I think I've explained this in different things, but... I guess it's a typically Australian term. And the more you pay attention, the more you hear people go, yeah, how you going, mate? You know? Yeah, I've heard it um, a lot. And for me, it just resonated with me when somebody first said it to me, this this could be something you do. But how you going, mate, can be also, is, is a social convention. How you going, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, we do right. that back home, except it's just, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. And you always respond with, good, how you doing? Yeah. Nobody ever cares about your response. Yeah. And I actually get put out when people... Don't respond to me when I say, I'm good. How are you? Yeah. And they, they don't respond. I'm like, well, 
I wanted to actually yeah. know. Well, the thing that happens sometimes, like when you go to shops, when you go and do like your grocery shopping, and the person says, "Oh, how are you today?" and you go, "I'm really good. How are you?" Right. And they look at you like, "Oh, oh, you're asking me. <laughs> I, <Right>. I'm good. <laughs> Have you had a good day? Have you had a good shift? What's right. it been like? Are you at the start of your shift? Are you end of your shift? Right. You know, is it busy? Have you, you know, and and it's nice to have that conversation. But of course, the other part of that is. How you go, mate? Which is the beginning of the conversation about, oh, well, this is how I've been for the last six months, 12 months, 10 years. This yeah. is what my life's like. So I'm glad that you're here. I'm happy to be here. I'm really happy that you're here. So generalized anxiety disorder. Tell me a bit, tell me a little bit what that, what that means for you. Um, <clears throat> I've actually spent most of my life being anxious. I think okay. that I was anxious as a child. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that it was a response to some, you know, trauma. I think most people end up coming out of childhood with trauma, whether they acknowledge it or not, yep. of some form, yep. be it from you know your parents or bullies at school or just some sort of experience that you had. I'd be very surprised if there's an adult that doesn't have something. Exactly. So that's why I think that mental health issues are largely undiagnosed. Yep. Um, and I think that more people are affected by them than we'll ever really know. Yep. Um, it's taken me a long time to look back and realize that I was an anxious child and I've just formed these habits. Um, and for me, like anxiety is just a natural, I've I've confused it with excitement. That's how natural it is. Like my physical response is the same that I would find getting on a roller coaster. Like, so do you know, actually physiologically it is right. Like your your central nervous system responds the same way. Right. Mm. But in that, I think that I've overdiagnosed my anxiety yep. because sometimes I'm just excited. And so now I just try and convince myself that I'm just excited. Yeah, yeah. I'm not anxious to be here. I'm just excited to be here because yeah, yeah. you know, my body doesn't know any different. Yeah, yeah. It's all in my head. Yeah. So if I just can rewrite that narrative that I'm telling myself, yeah. you know, it's easier to get through things like this. Yeah. Cause, um, uh, the reason <laughs> so the reason I know this is, is so I have a, a, and you people can't see this. I have a permanent tremor in my right hand. Right. And I spent most of my life with it. It was just always there. It didn't bother me. And I, other people noticed it about me. So I was like, oh, well, okay, I'll go and get it checked out. And that's how I had it explained to me. Your central nervous system responds the same way to a whole range of different situations. Fear, excitement, nervousness. Yeah. So if I go on a big... It's, the roller coaster example actually really resonated. If I go on a roller coaster and the adrenaline's pumping, my hands are shaking. When I used to play rugby, of course, it's 80 minutes of adrenaline just coursing through yeah. your body. I couldn't lift a glass to my mouth. My hand would shake so so wow. badly. I couldn't even write my own name. Um, and so, yeah, but it's... So your body just does the same response all the time. And it's, as you say, up to your brain to go, that's something you'd be scared of. That's something... That's a threat that could kill me. That's... Oh, no, hang on. Oh, no, I'm just on a roller coaster. Right. <laughs> or, or I've won $100. This is... That's why I'm, you know, right. shaking with excitement kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I've spent so much of my life feeling that way that it's just... <clears throat> it's been really hard to figure out what is an actual anxiety situation. And Was there a moment for you when you went, well, I guess for lack of a better term, an aha moment? Like you went, oh, okay, that explains it. That I feel like I have those aha moments a lot. <laughs> All the time. Yeah, uh, I feel like I'm constantly relearning about myself, even just having revelations that I've already had. Yeah. And uh, my counselor that I see has kind of explained that there's you know, our emotional brain and your intellectual brain. And you can know something intellectually, but getting your emotional brain to yeah. understand it in the same way is just a different story. Yeah. And um, I think that I spend a lot of time trying to transfer that information. Like, I know that I shouldn't be anxious. Yeah. But I have to constantly work to figure out that I'm not actually anxious. Yeah. 
Um, it's, it's a constant thing for me. I spend most of my life just trying to figure out what is real and what is just blown up in my head a little bit. Yeah. 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 How to actually respond to it, how to actually yeah. take it on board and process yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it look, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. And I guess, um, I've said about, so the, the, the inspiration for lack of a better term for this whole project of mine was my friend that took his life a couple of years ago. And I've sort of said to people in the past, I think there was so much of his mental health issue that was so ingrained in who he was as a person that we all actually kind of stopped and went, we, we just assumed that was his personality. If we look back on it now, you kind of go, yeah, there were things where you go, like attention-seeking, risk-taking behaviour, for yeah. example. This is a guy that would sit there and you know, pierce his eyebrow with a safety pin in science class because he could, right? Yeah, yeah that would be, yeah. <laughs> um, He'd sit there and he'd go, hey, Adam, and he'd go, what? And you'd sit there and he'd put this thing through his eyebrow and you'd go, oh, God, man, no, don't do that. Yeah. Um, and we found out later, and apparently it's true, there was a, 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 there's a nerve there somewhere that if you hit it, you'll paralyse your face temporarily and all sorts of things. Um, but for him, it was just so much a part we, we just... You, you kind of dismiss it as a part of his personality. I oh, know that's just that's just him. That's just Steve. Where you know, so and for me, I sort of touching on. We were talking off the air as well about you know addictions and the things that we do. For me, I'm now starting to understand that food has been a part of yeah. my journey for a really long time, and I didn't really understand I had that relationship with food. But I'm now understanding that yeah, man, part of this is. You know, in the same way an alcoholic has a drink or a drug addict takes a drug, I have a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> or a pack of chips and things like that. Yeah. <clears throat> Going back, um, so how old were you, were you think, when you think you really first started to understand, yeah, this is anxiety? I think I probably first started to understand my depression before yep. my anxiety. Okay. Um, and so when I was, I would say maybe early 20s, I started okay. to see a counsellor for depression yep. and they tried to put me on some meds yep. and I didn't like them. Yep. I didn't like the side effects. What they do to you? Uh, I felt like I wasn't in control okay. of the things going on in my head more so than I already felt yeah. like I wasn't in control. Yep. And um, physically, I just didn't like the way that, you know, it messed with like sleep patterns and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so Made I, you more tired or less tired? More tired. Okay. And That's why I took mine at night time. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. a good sleeper. I don't need help sleeping. Oh, okay. I can sleep like a baby. No yeah. problem. But I did the stupid thing and just stopped going and mm. stopped taking the meds. Yep. And then just spent the next 10 years basically struggling yeah. with anxiety and depression, not really realizing how intertwined those two are. Yeah. And now that I've gotten older, I've realized that my anxiety triggers depression. Yep. And... I find that I'm actually more anxious than I am depressed. Yeah. But both of those things are so like ingrained in my history of who I think I am and yeah. who I, how I see myself that I actually kind of just recently realized that I assumed that everybody knew I was anxious and depressed. Yeah. I thought that you know either Travis had told them before we met. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know this is my girlfriend. This is my wife. She's she's anxious and she's depressed. And so <laughs> I know that sounds silly. Why would he say uh, sorry, that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not very cool. Yeah. But uh, I just assumed that people knew that about me because I thought it was so obvious. And imagine that he's introduced you to the parents for the first time. Uh, this is my new girlfriend, Laura. She's really lovely, but she's also anxious and depressed. 
not a great way to introduce people, <laughs> but uh, it's just been kind of funny because people don't know me yeah. as how, obviously, nobody knows me except how I see myself. Yeah, so, yeah, of course. And Travis and I are very different people. He yeah. is an extrovert and he's social and he's chatty and he loves to go do things and I'm an introvert. I like my alone time. And so people, I think they assume that I'm like him. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Jan last night about, she's like, oh, I assume that you were like Travis. And I'm just, I'm not. And I, I assume that everybody knows I'm not like Travis yeah, yeah, yeah. because I know I'm not. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just been really a interesting journey trying to come to terms with like the version of myself that I am and like that I see and the fact that nobody else, nobody else knows that I'm anxious. So what version is that? What, what, if you were to say, could you, could you tell me what the version is? Uh, I don't know. I'm very highly critical. Okay. Um, really hard on myself. Yep. Um, I'm easily annoyed. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's a lot of versions of myself, but okay. all I know is my narrative. Yeah. And it's not usually a nice one. Okay. I guess is the best way to put it. And I find the more that I open up to people about how I see myself, the more that I realize that's not how they see me at really? all. Oh. Um, and I've never really taken the time to think about how other people see me. I just assume they saw me like I see me. Yeah. It's, I think it's an interesting balance as well. Um, because, you know, I probably sometimes myself sit there and, and have people tell me they think of me in a certain way or we think you're a great guy, we think you're this guy, and I'm kind of like, no, I'm not, rea- right. not really. Yeah. <laughs> like I know of, I'm an asshole. Yeah, I'm a bit of an asshole sometimes. <laughs> Ask my wife, she'll right. tell you quite freely. Oh, she'd be happy to tell you. <laughs> oh, she would have a T-shirt printed up that said, no, I'm he's kind of an guy. asshole. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting – and it's – Again, there's you know it's five cent psychology sometimes on Facebook, but there's that sort of the adage that you know we've got this supercomputer inside our heads, and computers only do what we program them to tell them to do. Right. You know, so it's that programming that we're sending ourselves and saying, you know, this is who you are. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other, you know, again it's a cliche, but everybody has a different version of you. Right. You know. Yes, and that's something that's kind of mind blowing, really. Yeah. Like. We've just met, so... You Literally know, three hours ago. Exactly. You don't know me at all, really. No. But all you know is the information that I've presented to you, and yeah. I feel like I've been listening to your podcast so long, I feel like <laughs> we're just you know good old friends. <coughs> I, I figure you must be good if you're listening to the podcast. <laughs> like, I figure you must... Well, to, see, to me, it's about that connection thing. So, there's to me, there, there is a definite thing in common that's us talking about mental health. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, there's a... I mean, we might have... Um, Clearly, we have lots of stuff that we don't have in common. You're American, I'm Australian, you're female, I'm male, the whole, you know, I'll raise <laughs> the things. basics. Yeah. But um, that's, that's a really strong commonality. There's a really strong connection there, you know? Yeah. And I'll look, likelihood I'll walk away from this going, man, she was lovely. And I'm really glad I did the podcast. It's okay if you don't feel that way. <laughs> no, I, I, I will. I can assure, so far, so good. Just <laughs> but, wait. But, you know, I, 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 I heard that a while back as well. And I sort of think, yeah, yeah, because, you know, my ex wife would tell you I'm one person. And my mum will tell you I'm another person, right. and you know my wife would now will tell you another one, and my older daughter will say I'm this, and my you know everybody has, oh yeah, I remember that guy. This is who he was, yeah. and it's completely removed from who you think you are. Right. But also, I find that the version of who I think I am is consistently changing. Yeah. Constantly evolving. It's never like it's different yesterday than it was today. It's hmm. different tomorrow than it will be today. You know, it's yeah. Like a, a, a for you know example, for, yeah. I mean, even just, I used to be a smoker. I don't smoke anymore. I'm not, a, I'm not an ex-smoker. I don't smoke. 
And there's a difference in my head. Yeah. Because the next smoker says that you would still love to be able to do it. Whereas the smoker is, I'm a smoker and now I'm not a smoker. I don't do it anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to do it. I have no desire to do it again. Yeah. Um, So that version of me doesn't exist anymore. People would go, oh, I remember here, man. He used to make me go into the smoking area of the pub so we could have a beer. I wouldn't do that now. So there's little things like that where, um, and, and the version of who I was when I was first diagnosed with depression is very different. Well, today I'm an international podcaster. For yeah. example. <laughs> you know, sounds a bit wanky to say that, but it's true. <laughs> it is true. And it's true. And, but you know, again, I, my thing has always been the thing I think mental health first, is, first forces you to do is to redefine yourself. The way I look at it is you're Humpty Dumpty, you get broken. Yeah. Right. And you've you've got this opportunity to put yourself back together again, yeah. And you get to go well. I like those bits. I'm going to keep those. I don't like those bits. I'm going to get rid of those. I'm going to take these new pieces and put them in because I kind of like those. And yeah. I get to explore new parts of who I am. And you create this new. I'm really interested. I really love this concept of the version of yourself because I get to create a new version of myself. And the beauty of it is you get to consistently take that old stuff away and put new stuff in. I've never really thought about that. Um, (laughs) I feel like I've always just assumed I was stuck with those bad bits. And I don't ever, if if I were to just say off the top of my head, I'm still the same person that I used to be. In some ways, yes. But then when I look back at, you know, how far I've come Mm -hmm. with my, you know, how I handle myself and the things that I tell myself and, you know, now I'm actually going to a counselor yeah. and, you know, that's progress. You know, five years ago, I wasn't doing that. Yeah. And now I'm actually trying to be more communicative with Travis and yeah. also trying to set boundaries for myself because I'm really bad about setting boundaries. And the fact that I'm even working on that, it's like you are throwing out those old bits, those yeah. bad bits. Yeah. I just, I don't give myself enough credit, I think. And I'm just, I think I try and still see myself as the same person because yeah. You know, people liked me back then, so you yeah. know, I don't want to get rid of everything. Yeah, yeah. But then also, I'm constantly trying to work on not needing to be liked by other people. <laughs> uh, I was really nervous about coming on this trip because yeah. Travis has been to Australia three times or two times before this, and okay. he knew everybody that we've met so far, pretty yeah. much, except for you guys. Except for us, yeah. And you haven't been here before. I have not. Okay, cool. So this is my first trip, and yeah. I was just. I had actually a counselor appointment right before we came and mm-hmm. she was like, how do you feel about it? I'm like, Oh, I'm super anxious about the fact that I've got to meet all these people and mm-hmm. you know, they're friends of Travis's. So of course I want to, I want to impress mm-hmm. them. I want them to like me because mm-hmm. I don't want one of Travis's friends to be like, Oh, why'd you marry that bitch? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Not that they would say that to him, but Not to his face. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But then, you know, what's it matter if they don't like me? And she gave me the perfect analogy. She's like, are there any vegetables that you don't like? I'm like yeah, I don't love peppers but mm. i do love brussels sprouts but mm. there's nothing wrong with peppers mm. it's not like brussels sprouts are better they're just that's my preference and so if somebody doesn't like me it's not that there's something wrong with me no. it could just be that they don't like me and that is really hard pill for me to swallow no. honestly like the i've spent so much of my life being a people pleaser that has been yeah. a huge response to i think some of the you know childhood things that i went through with a really controlling stepdad and he had to if you if you could please him and stay in line, you wouldn't get in trouble. Uh, you wouldn't get the belt, you know? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. so, uh, I'm learning that I don't need to be a people pleaser. No. It's not healthy at all. Yeah. It's been actually a, a big detriment and it's held me back from, I think, exploring 
you know, who I am and what I actually need and want. And, um, it's really liberating to, you know, be with somebody that I can talk about this with, you know, and I can tell them like, Hey, I I need to set boundaries. And on Wednesday nights, I'm going to go to yoga and I need you to do something else. You know, you can't be sitting there waiting for me to come home and, you know, I need you to go out and do your own things. And for me to just tell somebody like I'm allocating this time for myself, you can't take that away from me. That's, uh, that's a big step. I joke about, um, I say to people all the time and I joke about it, but it's super important. Um, I, every sec, I have every second Friday off at work, right? Mm-hmm. And at the moment, as we were mentioning earlier, Bob is there with me. Right. But for the most part, my daughters are both at school, Bob's at work, so I have that Friday off. Right. I call it Adam Day. Yeah. And once a fortnight, I have Adam Day. Yeah. And it involves, at the very least, I take myself out for lunch. Yeah, I think that's really sweet. Um, and then usually either I also either have a movie because something comes out and I want to watch it and my yeah. wife doesn't. Or I have a massage. Yeah. Once a fortnight. It's Adam Day. A little bit of self-care. Just a little bit of me time. It's really important that I do it. Yeah. And it's, you know, and I say to people all the time, you know, have you created a day for yourself? No, it's it's really hard to do. Yeah. I'm too busy to do that. So am I. I'm as busy as you. I've got two jobs. I work full time. I've got two kids. I've got a marriage. I've yeah. to the podcast. Find the time. Make the time. Carve the time out. Yeah. Create yeah. that for yourself. And I'm... Uh, kind of gotten used to that so at my job i can work what we call flex hours yep. and so i work a little bit over monday through friday or monday through thursday and then on friday i usually just work a half day yeah and so that half day is my free time i look forward to it every week i'm like i can either take myself out to go yeah. get simply Thai and really enjoy those curry puffs and yep. sit there with a beer and look out the window and just just have that minute or go to target and, <laughs> and, not, and not have anyone go do you really need both of them yes i do I need, need both of those, of those yes yes i'm gonna order two lunches i don't care what you exactly. say i'll eat the rest of it later if i want but don't judge me <clears throat> but yeah and and that's it self-care really important yeah but i've spent a lot of my life not caring for myself like yeah um and just putting others first. Yeah. And so I've uh, recently, I guess about six months ago, started going to the gym very regularly. Yep. And part of it was, you know, to be healthier physically, but it's evolved into a time for me to like mentally take care of myself. Yeah. And even if I don't necessarily get that, um, like the endorphin rush and feel super good, yeah. I at least know I'm doing something. I never, I didn't get the endorphin rush and I've said for a really long time, you know, people talk about like, oh, I just feel, I just tingly so and good. so high. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, nah, doesn't happen. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, I just like doing it now. I just, That's where I'm yeah. at. I've yeah. actually started running recently. Yeah. I hate running. Yeah. I can't stand it. It yeah. hurts. It's miserable. Yeah. I get tired. Mm-hmm. But I'm challenging myself, and I'm also like, I know that I'm doing something good for myself. Yeah. Um, and for me, just knowing in the back of my mind that I'm doing something has been yeah. really helpful. Because even if I feel in the moment that it's not helping, yeah. when I look back, I can say, like, but you did do something. You, yeah. know, you, you are going to a counselor. You are going to the gym. You are trying to eat better. And yeah. you're not drinking as much. And yeah. you're, you're being more open. And for me, that's the kind of self-care that, like... I need to, I think, spend more time doing. Yeah. Know? And it's, it feels like it's working. I so, feel like I'm better now than I have been in a long time. So these are things that have, for you, taken 10, 15 years to really go, oh, that's what I need to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm still finding, you know, yeah. what exactly is best for me. Like, you know, I'm trying not to overdo it 
Um, because I'm also, I get to the point where I'm like, well, you've got to do this. You've yeah. got to go to the gym so that you'll feel good about having done something today. Yeah. But then I have to be like, no, it's, it's okay to not go to the gym. You yeah. don't have to earn that peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like you yeah. deserve that peace regardless of what you did that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, you can be proud of yourself and not be so hard on yourself. It's okay to be a little bit flexible as well. Like, so we're doing this challenge thing at the moment. Mm-hmm. And like I said to my wife the other day, I can't, I'm a fitness guru. I can't believe I've just become a fitness guru. But I'm not really because it's not a fitness challenge. Everything in the challenge is designed to get people to consider their mental health. It's all the things you just spoke about. You know, exercise regularly, eat better, drink less, you know, practice gratitude, yes. do these things every single day yes. that we know. And, and I really lately got introduced to the concept of what prioritizing your wellness. Okay, make it your priority. Yeah. And, you know, even talking, we're touching before on what we were saying before, like, you know, it it is something you have to work on. Yeah. You, you, it's like losing weight. You can't just lose a bunch of weight and stop exercising and eating well and hope that it's all going to stay off. Exactly. You've got to every day do something that's going to you know help your mental health right but that's all of these things that we're doing in this challenge are all designed to do that yeah and i'm the last guy that would have done any of those things and there are people that i know that go yeah, i already do all of those things right and i'm like yeah cool it's probably why you're doing pretty well mentally yeah but for me i'm 43 it took me this long to kind of really put it all together right and say exercise regularly eat better Drink. I always drink water. Yeah. I've not never been a massive big drinker anyway. Show the gratitude. Really work on yourself. Prototype and sleeping as well. Sleep's a killer for me. Yeah, I have to have sleep. But um, you mentioned before as well. So you mentioned before you try to manage it yourself. Manage your mental health self. What? Give us something if you can, if you want to. Give us an example of you know where where you've stopped going to counselling and you spent that sort of time where you were trying to do things on your own. What what sort of what was that for you? Um, for me, it was a lot of self help type stuff as far as yeah. like reading books or you know reading articles and yep. just kind of googling what other people do yeah. and you know trying maybe certain like. Uh, Certain vitamins that have, you know, certain, like, melatonin for sleep kind of thing. Yeah. St. John's wort, those kind of things. Exactly. Yeah. And I never really saw any results with that. Yeah. And maybe it was because I wasn't consistent with it. Yeah. And so um, <coughs> I, mean. I feel like that's probably why I wasn't very good at managing it myself. Yeah. Um, and I think that I just thought that I could convince myself to not be anxious or depressed. Like, yeah. I know it's all in my head. Yeah. So I think that there's a big part of me that was just like, well, then you can talk yourself out of it. Yeah. If you know that it's all in there, then surely you can undo it. Yeah. Um, but it's just not that simple to rewire no. your brain no. and all these trauma responses. Um, definitely spent way too much time drinking uh, <laughs> in my youth. And looking back, I see just how uh, risky that behavior was. Um, yeah. I hate to say it but i definitely was drinking and driving yep. and i'm so ashamed of that yeah but i've grown as a person and i you know i definitely don't do that anymore we've all done it though yeah well mm. it's just it's hard to it's hard for me to admit that mm. i was ever somebody that i'm ashamed of mm. and but that's I, it's liberating as well i also consider that you know i used to have a, some mates every thursday night we used to catch up just get blind drunk yeah um, we're getting up the next morning and going to work. Yeah, you, st- you know you definitely blow drunk. Over. Oh, yeah. sure. Yes, I did that. I know people could smell it on me. Yeah, you know, 
I just work at Kmart. I had, I'd have days where I'd have to hold on to the shelving while I'm talking to clients yeah. just to steady myself because yeah. I was swaying still. I, there was definitely times when I would go out to my car on my break and try and nap it off a little bit. <laughs> you know, run to McDonald's on your double, lunch break and try and get quarter, some greasy double quarter pounder, yep. Double quarter pounder. Soak up whatever's left. Double quarter pounder and a uh, large, large Coke. Oh. <laughs> no, a large Coke. I, my, my, my go-to hangover cure was a double quarter pounder and a 600ml bottle of Coke. Yeah. Had to be Coke, not diet or any of the yeah. other variations. Straight Coke, you needed the caffeine, you needed the sugar. Yeah. And uh, that was my, my other friend. A friend of mine had a uh, like cordial, which is an Australian thing. Mm. I don't know. You guys have that? No? What is it? Cordial. So you, like flavoring that you put into water. Um. It's basically sugar syrup. Okay. Um, and you, you know, like cherry lime, Yeah, cherry, okay, raspberry, yeah. apple, raspberry. And um, he'd drink a big glass of cordial before he'd go to sleep. Again, just sugar. Yeah. You know, sugar and water. Yeah. So he's hydrating himself right. so he doesn't get the hangover. Um, but yeah. And I guess the other thing, that, that vulnerability, and verging on the, sound, the, the edge of sort of being a little bit sexist here, but you go out and get really drunk in a public place, mm-hmm. as a female, you put yourself in a real position of vulnerability as well. Yeah. I'm very fortunate that worse things didn't happen yeah. and that, you know, I wasn't put into any scenarios where I could have really been hurt yeah. or taken advantage of. Yeah. Um, I feel like. I feel very fortunate that I had bartender friends that were looking out for me. <laughs> and I guess the people that I was, you know, drinking too much with were not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm lucky. Yeah. Because I definitely was blind drunk and don't remember getting home and yeah. uh, hope nothing happened last night. Yeah. You know, that's a that's an awful way to wake up. Yeah. I um we had a work function recently and and I don't drink at work functions because I have. Yeah. And um, I said to somebody, somebody said, are you having a drink? I said, no, I don't drink at work functions. And they, it's really odd when, people, when you say to people, no, you go to a function, I'm not having a drink or I don't drink. Their reaction is really like, well, what's wrong? Why? Like, why? Why yeah. aren't you doing that? Um, I went to a work function. I got very, very drunk one year. And uh, I don't dance. I'm not <laughs> a dancer. Just, I don't enjoy it. I don't like, I like, I'm happy to watch people do it. My wife loves to dance. She can go and dance. Like if say you're not a dancer, but Travis a dancer, Opposite. they can go off and okay, but they they can go off and dance together. <laughs> dance bar, I'm yeah. good. Yep, cool, all good. Um, somebody comes up to me and says, "Oh, good dancing last night." I went, "No, was it, I, I don't dance." They went, "Yeah, you you were dancing," and I went, "No, I wasn't." Yeah. And they showed me the video of me dancing oh, on I'd, video. Oh. No recollection of it. Yeah, none. And yeah. I was like. This might be the point. I don't, yeah, over the years, but uh, I look back on it now and I go, yeah, it's probably one of the things I reasons because I, I would have times where I just wouldn't remember. Yeah, yeah, I and have I'd way say too many of those. I'd say stupid things, and or I'd have to apologise to people the next day. I would ask people the next day, like, I hope you know I didn't make too much of an ass of myself. Yep. And they're like, oh no, you're just super sweet. Apparently, I'm a really sweet drunk. Um, that's not any better. I just don't like remembering it, you know? It's hard when you just have to count on other people's version. Yeah. Because you can't even remember what happened. Yeah. Um, And that's embarrassing for me. Yeah. It's the number of times that I've not remembered is just mind-blowing, honestly. But now I can look back. And, you know, in the time, I didn't realize, oh, hey, I probably have a problem. Now that I look back, I'm like, I had a problem. Yeah. (laughs) And... It's, you know, you can't take back what happened and you can't change the past. And yeah. I like to think that I wouldn't be right here right now if I, yeah, yeah. you know, had done anything differently. So yeah. I try not to be too hard on myself and what I did when I was younger. Yeah. It, yeah. Everything le- led me to where I'm at right now. And yeah. I'm sitting on a balcony in Sydney, like 
looking out over the harbor. Yep. Talking about something that's very important to me and very relevant in my life. And I couldn't be more grateful. Yeah. I've had a fabulous time over here. I've had a lot of experiences, met a lot of great people. Yeah. And I sure as shit wouldn't have met Travis if I hadn't done all the dumb shit I had. So even if that were all I had gotten out of it. it was, how, how drunk were you when you met him? <laughs> I was a little bust. I was getting over a breakup when I met him. So, oh. Yeah. Yeah, okay. we actually, I didn't want anything to do with him at first. All right. But he, he won me over. He just wore you down. He did. And he'll tell you the same thing. He wore me down, yes. And I'm really glad he did. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, I fought it for a while because I was just so still so stuck in my last relationship and you know part of me just which was a, a very bad drinking relationship and looking yeah. back on that i'm like all we did was drink yeah. all we did was hang out together and go to the bar yeah. and there was no actual like communication or relationship like stuff yeah um and i just see now how unhealthy that was yeah. and i'm just so grateful that it didn't work out and i'm glad i didn't get what i wanted you know yeah, yeah. um but yeah, I'm I've lost friendships, or not lost friendships, but sort of um, naturally, I guess, drifted away from people where so much of their social life revolves around being very drunk. Yeah, um, that's all and, it is. And oh, it's Saturday night, let's go and have some bourbons together, and then all of a sudden we're, um, you know, they're, they're, they're 12, 15 drinks every, every Saturday night. Yeah. And so it's, it's good, but I also want to be able to have breakfast with you. I want to be able to talk to you i want to be able to go to a wildlife park with you or or whatever um and so you know maybe we can still be friends and i don't dislike you but this relationship is different now so we're going to kind of drift apart from each other and and i guess the concept of um looking back at previous relationships as well and going what was it based on oh it was based on drinking heavily Mm, okay cool probably good again at the time it looked really oh why is this happening now you look back and go Okay, which is clearing the path right. <laughs> for me, for me to be here where I am now, exactly, and doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so for you now, the the version of you we touched on this, we talked about this. But what's for you? What's your go to in terms of looking after mental health? You go, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I need to do to look after it. What's what's your go to? For me, it's a a lot of things. It's yeah. a, a very holistic picture of uh, I need to physically take care of myself by yeah. eating better and drinking water and yeah. getting exercise. Yeah. Um, I, I think I need to keep going to my counselor even yeah. when I feel like I don't have a th- anything to talk about yeah. this week. Yeah. But then when I go, she asks questions and it really prompts these conversations. I'm yeah. like, well, shit, I did need to come here. Yeah. And I think I need to not give up on myself. And so for me, I have to, it's constant vigilance of like, catching myself when I'm getting anxious because I get, I find that I get anxious. I work, um, out in the County a lot. So like I drive around and that's when I listen to the podcast, but also that's when I have sometimes find the anxiety coming on and then I can feel it spiraling into depression. So I'm learning to catch myself. So for me, I, I have to be constantly aware and it, it's not something that's ever just going to be like a one and done. Um, I think that I need to, keep working yeah and I, um yeah because i don't know if you you probably have the concept in america i'm guessing it's universal that concept of recovery yes and people talk about so for me i say to people 
I, I, I agree with you. I think it is such a multifaceted approach. You, you can't just take medication and you'd be fine. Right. You can't just do counselling, you'd be fine. Right. You can't just... You have to do the range of things and whatever combination that is for you, but you have to do the range of things to, to look after yourself. But the concept of recovery, like I would... So I was saying to people a while back, I consider myself to be recovered. And on many levels, I still do, right? Um, and what I mean by that is, is I, I did counselling. Mm-hmm. And and I went back when Barb and I first met each other. I went back and saw a counsellor yeah. for a period of time just because I realised there was some unresolved stuff with my ex-wife that I just needed to get out of the system and process. Um, but I, don't, I haven't taken medication for about five or six years. Yeah. Um, and I took it for probably solidly for five or six years. But for me, I was taking it as more of just a habit like it I, I didn't feel you, you know what I mean yeah that's part of my problem so in America people don't like I've heard a lot of people come on your show yeah. and talk about how they do counseling and medication yeah. and then they can get to a point where they don't need those things yeah, so yeah. much yeah. I feel like back home they just want to give you a medication and you be on it for the rest of your life yeah, yeah. and I don't feel like that's me getting better no I feel like that's me relying on a pill for the rest of my life. Absolutely. And I get that some people need that and there's no shame. And if you need medication, yep. that's fine. But like for me, I personally want to have better control of myself. Yes. So I've been really hesitant to take medication because yeah. people are just like, Oh, we should just put it in the water. Everybody should have it at all times. Like, yeah. well, I don't feel like that's. Yeah. And look at this point, we say to people, uh, any medication changes you make, go and talk to your doctor. Right. Don't take anything we say as being advice. Right. Um, yeah, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> no, me neither. I'll look at it for you, but I'm not a doctor. Um, but the, the, it's the um, Johan Hari who wrote the book Lost Connections. If you get a chance to have a read of that, it's really interesting. Okay. Talks, you'll relate to it, I yeah. promise you. Um, but he talks about the fact that he, he's an Englishman. He first went to the doctor. The doctor said, here, take the medication. He goes, and I felt better for a few weeks. Yeah. And then I didn't. And so I upped the dose. And he goes, and then I got to a point where I was at maximum dose that I could take right. and I still felt shit. Yeah. And what I had to realise was that there was a whole bunch of other things that needed to be dealt with. Right. Uh, so, and, and you've heard Mikey talk about this. I've spoken about this. Um, to me, Mikey uses the white noise example. I use the spa bath example. To mm-hmm. me, the medication just shuts that down. Right. And... In my head, it is it, it shuts out, or using Mikey's example, it shuts out the white noise and lets you pay attention to the, the noise you really need to pay attention to yeah. and for, work on that. Um, and that, for me, that's what the medication did. I got to a point where I, I really genuinely felt like I was taking it just because I was taking it. Right. And it was just there. Yeah. And so I said to my doctor, can I get off it? Let's see what this looks like. And I went down from 100 to 50 to 25 to zero milligrams. And haven't been back on it since. Do I get bad days? Absolutely. Do I have times when I feel really, really shitty? Yes, completely. Yeah. Um, would I take it again if I needed to? Completely. 100%. How do you feel like you would know what the limit is? When do you need to take it? <coughs> um, How many bad days would you have to have? I'd, I'd I'd, I've day. never ever thought of that, actually. Because like, yeah. I feel like most people, for me at least... Uh, it's too late by the time I've noticed. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, like, how do you know when, like, yeah. oh, shit, I'm spiraling into this again. I need to... See, I would say it would be never too late. Like, if you if you realise you're taking it. You might still be... You might be fully blown at that point. Yeah. But you've started. It's, um, yeah, it's better to start. Yeah, see, this is the thing now. I guess what I'm trying to do is be... And what the other stuff we're talking about is being proactive about it now. Yeah. So, it's like, I, I am actually going to exercise. Like, the mental change for me, exercise was 
phenomenal. Like I really didn't expect any of it to happen. Yeah. But I'm more organized and I feel like I've achieved something in the morning and I feel like I've done something yeah. and and I, I feel good about that. And right. I never and, and then other people now are being inspired by that, which is I mean, brilliant. Never expected me to feel like I, I never if you talk to, when you talk to Barb, she'll absolutely confirm this. I never would have been a person that said, I have to exercise. That's just not me. Don't yeah. do it. Even when I was doing stuff I really loved, no, just don't do it. Now I have to do it. Just have to do it. Uh, but even just being more organised, being a little bit more, um, like in the mornings. So for me to, to do it, everything has to be sitting beside the bed. Yeah. Because I can't get up in the morning and look for it. Right. Uh, so the yeah. socks, the, the shorts, the t-shirt, the underpants, they're all sitting there ready for me to just put no on. No excuses. No excuses. And I, and I, and it's done. But I have to do that the night before. So also what I do is I, well, I'll organise my work clothes as well. So they're right. ready to go. Yeah. So automatically I've saved myself 20 minutes in the morning. Yeah. Just by doing that yeah. and I'm just more organized and I don't and that was an unexpected benefit but we know the physical benefits of it we know what it does so for me it's a proactive approach now um you know if I I've never felt in the last few years that I've needed to go back to counseling I've never felt that I've needed to take the medication again yeah but I suspect also the people around me would say like for, for example the last time Bob was the one that said you need to go back and see the counselor yeah something's got to change here how did she say that? And you I asked this like as advice because <laughs> I'm really bad at, uh, and Travis and I, we've had to communicate about this as yeah, far yeah. as like, how can I help you? Like, yeah. what can I, how can I say something like, Hey, I think you might need some help that I can't give you yeah. because you got to be gentle with your words, especially, you know, with your significant other. <laughs> Bob will tell you that I wasn't, and I, I was, then I wasn't. And it was, and, it, and for me, it was as blunt as saying, Oh, there's nothing else I can do. You need to go and see a counsellor. Yeah. Um, for her, it was pretty much exactly the same thing. If this relationship is going to be successful, if we're going to do this, you need to go and see somebody. You need to go back and talk to the guy you talk to. Yeah. And and I had the opposite reaction to you with the, the first counsellor. You're talking about, I didn't like him. Yeah. Loved my guy. I That's could have good. been his best mate. Yeah. I, I was really dis. Like, in my head, I know that our relationship is such that I can't be your friend right. outside of this. Yeah. But I really wish I could be. He was yeah. sensational. I love my counselor now. Yeah. She's great. I look forward to talking to her. Yeah. You know, and she's very understanding and relatable. Yeah. I don't feel like she's judging me. Yeah. And I felt like, I think, with my first stint, uh, I was just felt more judged yeah. and not taken seriously because yeah. I was, you know, younger. And I went to them saying, I think I have anxiety and depression. And I felt like they just, you know, threw pills at me and didn't. Yeah take anything that I was saying seriously. Is that that pill thing, is that... So I guess one of the one of the impressions we have of America is medications curing everything, you know, opioids and things like that. I know it's a big problem. I've seen stuff oh, about huge, that. Oh, it's huge, yeah. You know, is that, is that the response? Is that what America's... You know, is it part of that American health system? It has been historically. Yeah. They're actually... It's gotten to the point where it's gone full circle and now they won't give you like pills if you ask for certain things which because they don't want people to abuse them and i feel like it's gotten to where now you're not getting the help that you need maybe because they're so worried about people abusing it but before yeah definitely they would just let's just write you a prescription Mm. it's really i asked the question um one a little while back listening to Dr. Phil. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate Dr. Phil has, you know, a lot of people look at Dr. Phil as a bit of a bogus kind <laughs> of a practitioner. 
I heard him on the Joe Rogan podcast, and he was actually spoke really intelligently and really changed my opinion of Dr. Phil. Yeah. Um, he was speaking about that, exactly the same sort of scenario, and giving statistics about how addiction occurs and how how much it increases. Uh, you know, you can get, I think, a 60-day course of opioids, and, and, and within 60 days, within 30 days, you're hooked on them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and you've got people over there, and, and it's more addictive than heroin, and it's you've got people over there, you know, don't have the traditional drug problem, but they're taking prescription medication. Uh, it's, I definitely think that people just look to pills to be the only answer. Yeah. And um, it, it, with the opioids, I mean, that's a whole different story just because they were like, if you're in pain at all, we'll just give you these pills. And mm. I remember when I was a teenager, I broke my elbow and they gave me pain pills, but then I broke my ankle a couple of years ago and they wouldn't. They refused to give yeah, me anything. I'm yeah. like, I have a broken bone and you're yeah. telling me to take ibuprofen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, you know. so that's why strains are tougher. We just take Panadol. We don't need any of those. Op- no, <laughs> <laughs> um, to answer your question a little bit more as well, um, the whole point of how you're going, mate, is to not fix people. We don't. We think now I use this term sort of advisedly because there is actually a company that delivers this kind of stuff, but it's mental health first aid. Yeah. Right? So, using that broken bone example, if you break your ankle now, I'm not going to operate on you. Right. Because I can't. What I'm going to do is put a pillow under your head, put a blanket over you, call an ambulance, and make you feel comfortable until the professional arrives. Right. Um, in terms of what we do, it's it's not about, and, it, and it, at some stage it might be, but it, we, for us it's about we want you to check in on your friend. We want you to make sure. We don't want you to wait until the person comes to you because the person's not going to come to you. Right. you. I'm 100% guarantee that it, you, you, lots of people, when you said, this is what I deal with in my life, they went, really? We never expected that. And yeah. you hadn't told any of them because you hadn't gone to any of them and said, this is what I'm going through. Please help me deal with it. Right. Well, there's so much stigma. I mean, oh, even as a woman, yeah. I'm allowed to be more vulnerable, but yeah. I still don't want to be perceived as weak. Yep. Maybe because I'm a woman. Yeah. You know, they already think I'm weak. I don't want to have to also be, like, physically, mentally inept. That sense of shame and, yeah, and, yeah for that level of vulnerability. So, yeah, for us, it's, um, it's about saying to people, you know, like, your friend, watch your friends. You know, and and Trev gave that example early on, where he would skip social events because he had to go and exercise. Yeah. And you know, but if you've got the friend that says, "No, I can't do that tonight. I'm busy, or I'm doing this instead," or I, I, you know, whatever reason, you used to catch up with them once a week for coffee, and you haven't seen them for a couple of weeks. Get in touch with them and ask them how they are. But equally, in in line with that mental health first aid approach, I'm of the firm belief that you know the old cliche or the old adage you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink yes we can't make people necessarily do anything that they don't really want to do right and so for me um i think you know depending on your relationship with the person i think that that thing where you say listen i'm here to listen to you i'm here to help you i'm here to metaphorically put a pillow under your head put a blanket on you and tell you it's going to be okay yeah but i can't i can't give you the drugs i can't give you the do the operation i can't do the counselling. I'm not the surgeon. Right. I'm not the psychologist. I need you to go and talk to somebody. Yeah. And and it's as simple as that. Um, I think there's a quote that I'm sort of toying with the idea of putting up on at least one of the pages where it says, real growth starts when you're tired of putting up with your own shit. That's true. And <clears throat> you have to get sick of your own shit. <laughs> that is 100% true. You know, so you know, and you know it yourself. You, you have to look at it, get a point where you go, yeah, man. I'm tired of living like this. Yeah, I'm tired of being that person. Yeah, I've got to got to change this. Yeah, um, and hopefully, what you look around at and see is, yeah, you know, there's a bunch of 
bunch of people here that are going to support me through the process. Yeah. Or at the very least, in your for me, it's my wife, for you, it's Trav. At the very least, you go, that person's going to stick by me. Right. Yeah. And then when I like when I first started exercising, Barb was like, "I was like, I'm going to get up again tomorrow." No, you won't. But it was her way of actually making me go, well, "Fuck you, I will." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Travis and I talked about that when we were listening to your last podcast. Yeah, yeah. And I and 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 she has continued to support me, and now actually pokes me and says, "Get out of bed." Yeah. Go and walk. That's good. Or go and put your shoes on. Go and walk. And I like, okay, cool. So I think I think they make the choice. You just make sure that they've got the support that they need once they make that choice. Yeah. You know, That's and good. and they and they make that decision to do it. Um, but you know, if it's someone real close to you, I, I think you got to be like we did suicide training a while back. Yeah. And um, they said uh, part of it is, you know, somebody says, oh, I don't know, I just it's all too much and I can't take it anymore. The question you ask them is, are you thinking about suicide? Now. That's a really hard question. Yeah, that's a big question. It's a massive question. People get insulted when you ask that, actually. Yeah. But you've asked a question, and if they go, no, of course not. Cool. Okay, done. I did. I at least asked. Yeah. I think it's a similar question with mental health. I'm really worried about your mental health. Have you considered talking to somebody? No. What do you think I am? I'm not crazy. Yeah. Maybe you are. (laughs) We all are. (laughs) Or, Or, you know, it's not about being crazy, but this is what I've noticed. Yeah. This is what I think you need to do to manage it. And my, you've listened to the thing, you know what it is. Go and talk to your doctor. Right. Go see your GP. Well, that's funny because like I actually sought out a counselor. I just recently learned that you all go to your GP for like everything. Yeah. Uh, we don't do that back home. Really? Oh, well, um, you've got to pay every time you look at them. Well, you've got to pay, yes. Yeah. So, and I think that's part of the system. We, we get it for free. Right. Well, <laughs> they just have it built in to where, you know, we have this doctor for this and this doctor for this and like I go to my GP for like my yearly physical, mm-hmm. um, but I sought out a counselor independently. I made sure it was covered by my insurance, partially at least. Right. And I would not think to talk to my GP about my mental health, yeah, yeah. except when I went in for my physical, I told him, hey, I'm seeing a counselor. I feel like I have anxiety and depression. And he said, you know, do you want to get on any meds? And if, you know, if you need them, let me know. Mm. And it, that was the first time I really kind of thought like, oh, I guess I could talk to you about this. But in my mind, I've just always gone to like a counselor for mental health stuff. But yeah. then we've got two different kinds of counselors. We've got the ones that can give you pills and the ones that can't. Yeah. So oh, we've got those here as well, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I thought it was very interesting uh, learning about you know your all's, how you guys just go to the GP for basically everything. Depression's like the number three thing that we go, or maybe even the number two thing we go for now. Yeah. Depression and anxiety. Wow. Like it's, it, like it's we go to the, the doctor more for depression and anxiety than we do for the common cold. Like it's crazy, yeah. But again, it speaks to that thing we spoke about before, where it's like, I reckon everyone's got it. I'm pretty sure that most people have it. Yeah, and I have. make I, I make the joke, and I guess the the change to change for us, um, RSL clubs all over the country are full of men that are self medicating. So for you, bars all over the country yes. are full of men that are self medicating mental health problems. Yeah. Well, and in the city where we're from, in Louisville, like Bourbon is. Our, one of our namesakes like it's, yeah, yeah. It, we're known for it Kentucky you, bourbon yeah if you don't drink bourbon like you're not a real Kentuckian yeah yeah so it's like ingrained you are raised to you know understand that that's part of who you are I know having done my research and you guys listening one third of the world's bourbon comes from Kentucky wow one third all the good bourbon comes from Kentucky <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> We've got the good water. Yeah. <laughs> the special water. Yeah. Yeah. With all the meds in it. Because <laughs> that's what the, the pharmaceutical companies no are putting. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. People are just self-medicating. Uh, absolutely. But one, one, yeah, one, I think it's like something, some ridiculous amount of people, might even be like 40% of doctor's visits are yeah, mental health related. Yeah. yeah. It could be that that's the same, you know, stats back home. I just personally, I never yeah. thought to go to my GP yeah, yeah, yeah. for that. Um, it's just not part of your system. It's not. And also I think that there's still a lot of mental health stuff that just doesn't get talked about. It's not mm. normalized. Yeah. And uh, when I, you know, growing up, I don't think that it was ever talked about. My mom always, you know, talked about emotional intelligence and like, you know, fully understanding where you're at, but yeah. not anxiety and depression just weren't things that I really heard about and yeah. they weren't something that everybody deals with but yeah. now i feel like the more i talk about it the more people are like oh yeah, yeah. i go through that I'm- and I, th- I think you have to change the definition of it a little bit as well so i'm really careful to talk about mental health versus mental illness you know yes. and we were talking you, you sort of t- again touched on this a little bit before you know there are people with bipolar there right. are people with schizophrenia yes you know Yes, you have a chemical imbalance in your brain. You need to take that medication. Right, and yes. I'm glad that it exists. We get it, yeah. And it's great that you live in an era where it does exist, yeah. right? Um, there is mental health, which is the same as physical health. It is from day, you know, you you could get a phone call right now that says, you know, somebody that you love has been in a car accident. Right. And your mental health goes, boom, because you all of a sudden feel bad. Yeah. And, and feel sad and feel whatever else. And and where the zone that we exist in and the zone that I focus on is that zone where, where you are consistently feeling that way when your mental health becomes an issue. So, I, you know, you'll hear me use language like mental health issues or, or, or things like that. So for me, it's like, and again, it's, as you say, the trauma, trauma that happens in childhood or whatever, whenever, wherever it happens right. um, and, and whatever it looks like. And you know, traditionally, I've thought of you know it, it is things like assault and abuse and things like that, but it can just be neglect. It can just be, you know, I as you say, a strict stepfather. You know, well, he, yeah. well who, who, there was some other stuff in yeah. there. It wasn't just strict. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but 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 you know, I mean, there is a there is a you know, some people that's what it is, and you don't get those other needs fulfilled, right? You know, the the affection and love and support and tenderness and all yeah. those other things, that, the good stuff that you need growing right. up. So for me, I, where I say to people where we sit with this is, you know, you can have shitty mental health. Everyone has shitty mental health every single day. It's where it starts to become an ongoing issue. Yeah. And it starts, yeah, mental, you can have really great mental health. I had great mental health today because I got to catch a train with my daughter and have a great breakfast in a great city that I love and I got to see a cruise ship that I've been on and I was excited to meet you guys because I'm just Louisville, Kentucky has dominated my life for the last three or four months. Yeah. Um, so my mental health today, fantastic, feel right. great, you know. Um, but I'm also aware that uh, – and, and so when I talked – touching on the recovery thing before – the the I think I may have even we may have even spoken about it in podcasts at some point. It's kind of like injuring a knee, you know. Um, I've injured knees. Um, I did what I needed to do to make the knee get better. Yeah. But I'm constantly aware that there's a part of me that has broken, could break again, might actually be a little bit weaker now because it did break once right. upon a time. Yeah. And I've just got to avoid those situations that could possibly damage that knee and really make sure I take care of it. Yeah. Same with my head. Yeah. It, it's so much easier to, to, I think, normalize knee, like physical stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> you yeah. know, 
everybody can relate to that. Yeah. I think everybody at some point has been in pain, injured themselves somehow. And like Travis actually has got a sore knee right now. I'm yeah. sure I'll be happy to talk about that, <laughs> you know? Um, but I definitely think that, you know, being aware mentally, yeah. um, is, uh, and, and equally, you injure that knee. The longer you leave it before you get treatment, the harder it is to fix it. Right. Which is our heads. So, yeah, that's <laughs> part of why I like, you know, my routine is I like to go to the gym. And <coughs> what you're talking about, getting your stuff ready the night yeah. before, that's a big yeah. part of me having a good morning, yeah. honestly. Yeah. If, because I don't like to talk to anybody first thing in the morning. Yeah. Um, I like to just get my shit together and go. Yeah. And... Uh, so if I get my gym stuff out and my work stuff out and I, you know, have everything ready so that in the morning I have, I can just walk out the door, Mm. it'll help me with the rest of my day and that'll help me continue on my routine. And I, you know, I take my vitamins and I'm making sure that I'm trying to stick to, um, the proactive approach, I guess. It's just, it's work. It's, you just, you got to work at it every day. But now it's part of my life and I like it. Yeah. You know, I enjoy taking care of myself because even if I have my bad days, which I do, I have mm. my bad moments. They're not always bad days. Usually it's just a bad, you know, 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't have to ruin my whole day or my yeah. whole week. And it's not, that's not who I am. I'm not yeah. just anxious and depressed Laura. I am Laura who sometimes is anxious and sometimes is depressed. But yeah. like, you know, sometimes my back hurts. Sometimes, you know, it's, that doesn't have to define me. And in his very first episode, Nate talked about, you know, like someone cutting him off at traffic was enough to set his fight or flight uh, response yeah. off and enough to make him go in and drink a six pack of beer. Yeah. You know, just because that one little shitty thing happened. Whereas the Nathan now goes, mm, okay, that guy was an asshole, but it shouldn't really affect me. And I need to just get on with the day. That's something that I have to, because I, I drive a lot, I yep. have people cut me off all the time and I'm in a, a city marked vehicle. Oh, so man. like you can see me coming. And I think sometimes there are people that wouldn't mind a paycheck from the city's insurance. Yeah. And so I have to, you know, I'm extra cautious when I'm driving, but you also live in a country where every man's got a gun on him. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> That's the other scary thing. So I wouldn't be pissing anybody off on the right. roads in the States. Well, just, even if, even if they weren't, there wasn't an actual road yeah. rage incident between yeah. two people. Yeah. The mental toll that it takes on me getting upset about yeah. somebody who probably just has their head up their ass and doesn't know that they were supposed to stop back there. Yeah. They don't know that they ran that red light. Like yeah. I found that I was just getting so bent out of shape. And then I would spiral into this yeah. like angry, depressed, yeah. like they just cycled. Just Whereas that guy's just accidentally gone through a red light and he's gone and he doesn't think anything of it. He has he no idea how much know. he affected me. Yeah. So I've had to really work on like catching myself and like, Hey, okay, you're upset that that person cut you off. You're safe, though. Take a deep breath. Everything's good. Everything's fine. And, like, just, but it's a constant thing. I've, you know, have to work on it. It's funny for, you'd said it before, so many people kind of insultingly say it's all in your head. Yeah. But it is all in your head. It is all in your head. And it's hard to, it's hard to accept that for myself, but it's also hard to, like, talk to, so Travis has gone through a hell of a year yeah. um, with work stuff. And there are times when I wanted to just be like, it's all in your head. But you yeah. can't you can't say that to somebody yeah. and have it go over really well. Because yeah. if I'm like, oh, you're, you're upset. Well, it's yeah. all in your head. Get over yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it is all in your head. But, you know, you can't just get over it like that. Here's the things you need to do to get over it. Go and find them and start doing them. Right. Yeah. Before we go. What's your one tip for really staying mentally healthy? What's your go-to? When you feel shitty, what's your thing you just have to do? I find that physically moving. Yep. Um, so I will try to like 
put on headphones and just go dance in the bathroom stall for a minute if I don't want anybody to see me or like do some jumping jacks. Yeah. Um, Just something to like get my blood flowing and even just doing that for a minute, put on a song that you like. Music is a really big therapy tool for me. Um, So I think that that can not only change my mental state with just the music, but then by physically getting up and moving, it just distracts me and I'm easily distracted. So it's like, Ooh, a car, like, Ooh, (laughs) squirrel, you know? So, uh, I just have to distract myself and also stay on my program of, you know, trying to take care of myself and be proactive and not be too hard on myself when I do fall back. And when I do get anxious it goes into depression sometimes and it's just, um, yeah, that's well, it's never well, just one answer though. <laughs> it's a multifaceted approach. It is. Laura from Louisville, Kentucky. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all having me. <laughs>